0: This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put a ninja on your with a pussy magnet.
1: Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say, lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the labia lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between your legs. <laughs> Ah, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Nunga Country, and I pay respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast panic, you're not broken, your sex education was a piece of shit, get your flaps out and pull up a couch, it's the labial lounge. Hello my labial loves, I joke to have you back in the lounge for what is going to be part two of another Juicy TMI uh war i guess where we're sparring i'm sparring with cat hennessy from cats out of the bag and also from uh the bachelor fame because she was in the i think the honey badger season is that right that's right <laughs> <laughs> um and i've been on cats potty which is called Cats Out of the Bag, if you hadn't gathered, um, a few times now. We actually just recorded part one over on there, so would recommend checking that out. I think we'll tee it up so that we launch them both in the same like at the same time. Do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, this is this is part two. We've already like wet the whistle with a whole bunch of nasty TMI stories, um, and so we're just gonna like launch back in. And I guess if you're kind of joining. Us for the first time, and you are unaware what like TMI even refers to, and why the hell I'd want to be talking about it. TMI stands for too much information, and it's it's sort of uh, my way of destigmatizing and normalizing the topics that are like taboo, or you know, shrouded in shame, or that people would consider to be gross or messy or just like too personal, too private, you know, for like public conversation. I just think it's very like like empowering to, you know, talk about this stuff more openly because it dismantles that shame and that stigma. And it helps people realize that there's other people out there experiencing something that maybe they thought was just them, you know, or that they were feeling really like embarrassed and ashamed of. So, you know, it can be about like periods, bodies, sex, you know, like pretty much anything that someone would maybe, you know, maybe wrinkle their nose up at and be like, oh, TMI, like, I don't want to hear about that. I'm just like, fuck that. You're going to hear about it. But also, you don't have to listen to this podcast. Um. So without further ado, let's let's launch in. Are you ready? Fucking ready. Hello, guys. I'm so keen to do this. TMI,
0: we build it to TMI. Uh, obviously, has um, just mentioned I have my podcast called Cats Out of the Bag and um, I'm a 28-year-old gal who is super open about sex. I live on the Gold Coast um, and I pretty much started my podcast and these conversations just to pretty much help empower other women and normalize conversations and just like be a part of this whole like sex movement, which I feel like everyone's so uh, you know, it's just becoming more normalized in these past few years than it has in the past. So, yeah, I just guess I use my um, outgoing, um, over-the-top personality to discuss these little points and, um, yeah, I just love doing it. I love talking about sex and um, definitely have a whole heap of TMI stories for all of you as well. So that's probably a little bit <laughs> up about me
1: fabulous yeah you were just such an easy choice when i was thinking about who would be great to chat with about tmi stories um and i feel like so um, do you have any like i don't know if you're even allowed to talk about this maybe you had to sign like a non-disclosure agreement but do you have any juicy tmi stories about your time on the bachelor Yeah, <laughs> absolutely um I mean, like, what do you want to know about, like, little, like,
0: behind-the-scenes things of, like, what kind of actually goes on and stuff?
1: Ooh, that could be good. And also if there's anything, like, in particular about the honey badger. But, you know, uh, no pressure. (laughs) I mean, the thing is with the honey badger is, like, you know, they make out that you get
0: all this time to get to know them. But, like, realistically – I probably spent, like, max an hour with him in the whole, like, 12 hours I was filming, you know, or however long I was in there for. And when they bring him to meet you, it's like he's there and then he gets pulled away for an interview and you get pulled away for an interview or it's supervised. There's 10 producers there. So, it's like you never really get that time to crack down and find anything Too much about them so in terms of like me really knowing him I never really got that chance and I feel like yes Mm -hmm. some of the girls that went all the way to the end got to know him a little bit more but not in the sense that you'd ever know someone in your in a real life relationship and I feel like a lot of that comes down to like you know there's so many walls up in the sense of you're not gonna go and root someone like no. No one's having sex there, and like you do wonder. You go, oh, do people like? Do people fuck like? Where, where? What happens? But like, no, no one has sex. Like, you don't go like and suddenly get like fingered in the pool. Like, it's not a thing. So I feel like that's, you know, that's when you learn. A lot of those more like deeper personal things about someone when you, you know, share that mm, sexual image. When inter- you're
1: getting fingered in the pool. Yeah. When you're getting fingered
0: <laughs> in the pool. Or like, you know, having probably <gasps> really bad sex for the first time with each other and figuring yeah. out what it likes. But yeah, <laughs> like there's a, it's so surface level that you never really get to that next stage um, there. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you yeah. the girls that you're living with you get to know the ins and outs about all of them but that's Mm. the, the how far it would go you know
1: yeah totally fuck how did you go like sort of interacting or like you know being on a date when you just had a billion cameras and producers and stuff around you like that sounds like my worst nightmare
0: it's really weird. Like I loved it when we were in group settings. Like I felt like, cause I'm just so outgoing and I just kind of like speak my mind and it definitely got me into trouble a little bit, but I feel like when I was in my one-on-one time with him, it almost made me, like, freeze up. Like, I felt like I couldn't Mm. myself. But I also think it comes back down to the fact that, like, him and I just didn't gel. Like, every time I'd speak to him, it was almost like he was disengaged. He would, like, you know, when you're talking to someone and you feel like they're, like, looking past you, like, they're, like,
1: Mm. like, Mm hmm
0: almost not looking you in the eyes but looking what's going on behind you or something. Like I felt like yeah. that was what was happening every time. Like he was pretending to listen but wasn't and was thinking about something else. So I really found it hard to connect and then it made me just awkward on the camera when I was with him. So it was mm. weird. It definitely really takes getting used to. And, like, you've got to be so careful because there were times when, like, we didn't think they were filming us or listening and then they fucking used this little, like, snippet of us looking fucked, so.
1: Oh, my God. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, didn't – I know, I mean, this is not the topic of the episode, but I guess I'm just curious. Like, didn't they kind of edit it in a way that painted you as, like, the fucking she-devil or something?
0: Yeah, they – um. I was like completely villainized and like, look, I probably did say some things that were a little bit like, like left <laughs> and stuff, but it was like lock any 25 women in a house with no outside mm-hmm. contact to the world calling your parents once for 15 minutes on a monetized, monet, sorry, monitored phone call um, once a fortnight, like, and then, and then you've oh got um, a bunch of producers manipulating you to, like, be pitted against each other to fight for the one guy. Like, it makes anyone go crazy. And, like, there was a lot mm. more that happened behind closed doors and a lot of, like, bitchiness and stuff. But then as soon as the cameras would turn on, a lot of the women in there would, you know, just kind of – act all innocent and lovely and it just wasn't the case when the cameras weren't weren't rolling. But I just kind of like did what I did on and off camera and it just
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It was it was quite hard because it like definitely like shut off a lot of opportunities and stuff for me after just how I was painted and they just didn't show like a true depiction of my personality, which was which was mm. shit. But I feel like I've done things like doing my podcast and showing myself on my social media and stuff more to like let people know who I am and what my personality is cuz I didn't get Like I I'm the kind of person that I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. So like they'd ask me a question in an interview and I'd say a joke and then I'd laugh at the end, but they'd cut off my laugh. So I'd look like I was saying all these really comments, but it was actually I was taking the piss and you know, you can make anyone look any way you want. Like even me, for instance, just I was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't really like that dress. And it could be, like, about a dress I wore. But then they put the voiceover over a girl walking going, I don't really like that dress. So So there's so much, like, I know, like, people hate to be like, don't blame it on the edit. But, like, there is a lot of editing that goes on and there is a lot of manipulation Mm. and... You know, I got fucking rolled on it, so it was fucked. But, you know, you live and you learn, no regrets. I learned a lot. I met some cool people and it's definitely, like, shaped me who I am today. It's given me a really good backbone, which, you know, when I had the whole of Australia hating me and death, like, sending me death Mm. threats and all that sort of shit, like, I had to deal with that. Oh,
1: my God. What the fuck? Were you just a wreck? Like, was your mental health really suffering from that?
0: Yeah, it was awful. It was so hard. But I felt like because I had two girlfriends on there with me that were going through a similar thing, I kind of spent my whole time supporting them. And like, I felt like I didn't let it get to me. And I was like, no, we're fine. This is all good. And then I went back on The Bachelor in Paradise like a month after our show aired, like, went straight back into filming and i didn't really give myself any time to like you know overcome what had happened or like think it through or digest anything mm-hmm. and i can't, i pretty much had like a mental breakdown there on tv like and oh, I, yeah babe. so so yeah it was it was fucked but um but at the same time, I, I don't regret it and I do think I learnt a lot. Mm. So, yeah, of, cu- of course, no yeah. one anyone, like no, no one wants to be trolled. No one wants to be hated. Mm. Like, it's of course, it was difficult. So, I'd be mm. fucking insane if I said it was easy.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Babe, that's huge. Holy shit. I f- yeah, I kind of want to do a whole epi about that now. But we did promise TMI stories. Yeah. So, maybe I'll... Uh, yeah, yeah, let's I'm keen. I'm really keen on that. Um well I guess all right. Maybe I'll kick us off. I'm just trying to think which one I will start with. Um I'll I'll just do like a quick fire, like a little one, just to see if it sparks any new. But um I have a friend who <laughs> got pretty excited about like putting things in her vagina and um thought like she was going on this date with the boy and they were like classic makeout point vibes like sitting in the car like making out and she had like pri- no oh yeah she brought a crunchy with her like a crunchy bar like a chocolate bar with a honeycomb in the center yeah, and it. she like yeah it was like kind of using it as like a dildo I guess and like putting it in a vag and then, like, put it all the way up there. And then she was saying how she, like, obviously the layer of chocolate melts off and then it's just oh. the honeycomb, which is, like, kind of abrasive and, like, not a vibe. Um, and, yeah, she said she was getting, like, little bits of honeycomb out of her pussy for, like, weeks and the weirdest oh. colour discharge, like, chocolatey kind of discharge. Yeah. Bug.
0: <laughs> my first question is okay firstly interesting to want to shove different objects up your vagina I feel like that's something you might do when you're like you know 14 trying to experiment but I think she if, was a teenager okay okay well that this makes it a little bit more acceptable but you know how like you know how when you open a chocolate how like the top of the wrapper is almost like zigzagged mm, yeah so, you can tear it. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't that fucking spike into you? Like, I just cannot Oh No, ima- no,
1: she took it out of the wrapper. She, like, she, oh. she. Yeah, so the chocolate on the bar melted in her pussy, and then the honeycomb was a bit of an issue. So, like, yeah, she took it out of the
0: wrapper. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought if she full went, like, you know, supermarket crunchy up her vagina, yeah. no. <laughs>
1: wow okay that's Uh, that's asking for thrush mm, yeah because the sugar would feed the bacteria i know i think i think as like a horny like explorative teenager getting creative like is sometimes fun and sometimes really detrimental but um i think she learned from that and i would just say like you know there's definitely a lot to be said for um, – there's like a whole a whole sort of uh, – I don't know if I'd call it a movement, but there's definitely a lot of info and like blog posts and like accounts and stuff that talk about like using food in a sexual way, eating sexually, whatever, whatever, and then also like putting – putting veggies like using veggies as sex toys and stuff and I would just say like probably if you're going to use like a carrot or a cucumber or like whatever maybe just like whack a condom on it because it just means there's like yeah it's more hygienic there's like no kind of roughness it makes it a bit smoother but like also buy a dildo maybe like if you I guess if you're really in a bind and you just you just didn't have anything else to work with like I get it but Personally, I guess I've never really um, felt the need. Definitely, no judgment though. Dude, um, this yeah.
0: is the most <laughs> fucked. I've never told anyone this in my life. Like Good literally, god, yes. no one. I like don't even want to say because I don't want m- my boyfriend to hear me upstairs. But oh my god, do it. Oh my god, this is fucked. So <laughs> when I was like it. thirteen or fourteen, like I went to like experiment with vegetables. So I went up into the fridge and I got out like a carrot and a cucumber and I like masturbated with them I in the bathroom. Bu- Pardon? Yeah, a cucumber. <laughs> and a I carrot. Picked
1: both of those. Yeah, nice. Okay.
0: And I masturbated with them on the bathroom floor. And then I panicked and I was like, the fuck do I do with them now? I can't put them back in the fridge, and then someone eats them. And I can't just throw it in the bin, or Mum will see it. So I hid them. I had this like plastic bag in my bathroom that was filled with like my hair ribbons for school. So I like hid <laughs> them in my plastic bag with all my hair, but like scrunchies and ribbons and everything, and literally just let them fucking rot in this like plastic
1: bag. <laughs>
0: I'm not even kidding. And then, like, I had to throw out all my ribbons and stuff because they were like covered in like gray mold and shit. Oh
1: my god! Why didn't you just put him in the bin or the compost? You didn't what? want someone to see like a whole carrot and be like, "Oh, what a waste." Well, my
0: yeah, my mum would have seen it in the bin and be like, "Why'd you throw a carrot in the bin?" I was just, you know, when you just yeah. like you. It's almost when you're younger you, like, think of every situation that could happen and the worst situation mm. that could come out of any of it and then you just get super paranoid. So I was like, well, totally. the cool thing here is to put it in my drawer in my bathroom and let it rot. But, like, realistically that was fucking dumb. Like, take it out to the bins when, like, it's bin day. But, you know, the, this isn't the thing mm. a 14-year-old girl thinks of when she's just shamefully Mm. masturbated on the bathroom floor.
1: Oh, my God. So fun. Was it good? Like, did you enjoy it, though? I
0: feel like I'm so scarred by the, like, rotten vegetable part of it that, like, I can't even remember the pleasure.
1: Like, (laughs) Uh, that's where I'm at. Cool, cool. Well, Love that. Really, really appreciate that you shared that story for the first time ever with anyone on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I was, like, so embarrassed. I can't believe I just said that. No. When you the Violet Craw- I was like, oh, do I say it? Do I say it? And then I was like, fuck it. As soon as you said carrot, I was like, all right, there's my fucking sign to, like... Me- oh, I said,
1: "Carrot and cucumber." I had you fucking picked, dude. Yeah,
0: you pinned me down to the ground, like pretty much forced me to to tell that story. Oh, that's Love it. that's what I do.
1: I reckon everyone would have like a story about how they had to dispose of something, like you know, like bedding, bedding that that you know oh, they'd maybe um. I don't know, like guys with their bedding and their sheets when they have like their first wet dream or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. we literally just spoke about on your podcast the whole like, you know, having to dispose of sanitary items and being in tricky situations with that. So, yeah, I think like most people can relate to like that moment of like panic, like, okay, I've got these items. I need to hide them somehow. Like, I also maybe don't want to, anyone to see me walking from the bathroom while I'm holding them. Mm. on my way to the bin so yeah totally totally relate to that um hey babe towns. so sorry to interrupt but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content, unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational, and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now, back to the episode.
0: I used to nanny when I was like 18 and the one of the boys was like 12 and he would just literally fucking masturbate and just come onto his sheets like all the time. But he had like black sheets, so they were just like covered in this like white semen and it was just like so uh. evulting. And then he also used to just shit in random corners of his bedroom.
1: What? I forgot Ed
0: about well. I Just then. Yeah, just shit.
1: Oh, my God. So That's weird. not. Right? No, really was, weird. Was he all there? Wow. Yeah, he was. But
0: yeah, anyway, that 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 like flung the story another way. But yeah, I used to like just <laughs> be like covered in them, and I'd have to go and like make the bed in the morning, and I'd just be like, like fucking feral.
1: Oh my god! Wow. You'd think you'd kind of go out of your way to to try to. Yeah, avoid the situation where someone sees, like, your massively cum-covered sheets. But anyway, um, each to their own. Well, what else have I – what am I – I'm just going to scroll through my list and see. So, like, um, I love this one. This is, like, a, a friend of mine and, like, he's so just, like, sexually open and just completely shame-free. Like, I fucking love it. He's always good for stories like this. But he's into – um I don't actually I don't know if he's like into it in the sense that um he gets off on it but he's is at least really okay with it and this is like drinking piss so he has this loft bed and when his girlfriend and he um are like, up in the loft bed, like, sleeping. Like, you know how annoying it is to get down from a bunk bed to go pee in the middle of the night or something? Yeah. Um, He, yeah, he just, like, if she needs to wee, sometimes, like, she will just piss in his mouth and he will drink it and then they just no. can stay up in the bed. Yeah, so, like, if they're having sex or if they're just, like, enjoying being up there and they don't want to, like, she can't be bothered going down. And, like, I guess he must like it enough to like welcome that but yeah he he just drinks her piss so that she doesn't have to get down from the bed okay that for me is like no like I feel like for, to
0: be able to do that you'd have to have some sort of like piss fetish because True, yeah I just I just don't see like there'd have to be some sort of pleasure
1: out of that to want to you know drink piss. yeah yeah like he, he might be into golden showers and and urine yeah. like generally as like a bit of a kink or something. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Because even that's just like I don't know, a lot of liquid and and also yeah, don't be lazy. Just climb down the ladder and go to the loo doll. I mean, I've definitely had like you know, business ideas for like she type funnels because I've actually had a couple of loft beds in my time. I used to think they were really dope and they like save on space when you're in like a fucking expensive and tiny cubicle of a bedroom in like a Melbourne share house. Mm. Um, And so I've like had this debacle and it's – pretty annoying like having to get down and then one time i lived upstairs and the toilet was downstairs and i had the loft so i had to like get down from the ladder of the bed and then go down the stairs so i would like dream i never did it but i would like dream that i had some kind of contraption that was like a funnel and i could piss in it and it would like trickle down into a bucket at the bottom of the bed um and like yeah i've definitely pissed in jars and stuff when when i like really need to or something but uh <laughs> Um, but excuse me. Um, but I
0: did used to live in an apartment, and I was like, I rented like the study as my bedroom. It was like the smallest mm-hmm. bedroom in the entire world, and it actually wasn't a bedroom. It was like a two bedroom apartment with a study, and I rented yeah. it. So the bathroom was downstairs, and I'm a night peer Like I piss every single night. So I'd have to wake up, walk down the stairs and I'd like try and hold off for as long as possible. Like even last night, I like really needed to wee this morning and like held off from going. I was like, oh, I can't be bothered to wake up. And you kind of just like Mm -hmm. fall back asleep. But yeah, it's, totally, it's a thing.
1: It's a thing. It's so annoying. And you don't want to like get up because it wakes you up more to like get out of bed and walk around and and then you might have trouble getting back to sleep like Mm -hmm. that's the thing that gets me but um anyway yeah I thought that was a pretty out there story I was like whoa dude holy shit I don't know anyone else who does does that it's amazing not for me but amazing um I've also – so, like, a lot of my stories are, like, ones that I got from friends because I've sort of rinsed a, a lot of my own stories on this podcast already. Um, but, yeah, like, one of my mates uh, dislocated his shoulder while he was orgasming oh. and then just wound up with, like, jizz all over him when the paramedics had to, like, come and get him and stuff. So, that would have been – yeah, poor guy. But
0: they would have seen some shit, like, the amount of, like, I have a friend who's a doctor, and he says that, like, the amount of people who come into the emergency room with God knows what stuck up their fucking anus, like, it's Mm -hmm. wild.
1: Yeah, seriously. Like, oh, it would happen. All that my, yeah, my, um. My mum's a nurse and she's got some stories as well. And it's just like, yeah, of course, like even I'll get messages every now and then from followers being like, oh, my God, I don't know who else to like ask, but I have this thing stuck up my vagina like – Often it's a yoni egg because they are prone to getting stuck. If you don't like put a thread through them so that you've got a string to pull them out, then they're prone to getting stuck. Also, I think her thread had like fallen out or something. So she had, you know, this one person had like a yoni egg stuck and she was like oh my god like I don't know who else to ask or talk to but like what should I do like I really don't want to have to go into the doctor but it's been like 48 hours (laughs) um I'm like yeah it's such a thing like I got a garlic clove stuck up there once because I was like trying to naturally treat my thrush and I had to get a friend to like fish it out for me um I got a moon cup stuck up there recently that was fucking nightmare fuel it was like I'd never used a moon cup yeah yeah and it did like suctioned onto my cervix which I've heard actually quite a few times like I think that's something that happens to lots of people and it it was like so suctioned on there that I just couldn't could not like get and i think my cervix is like in this particular position and tilted in this way that it's like quite hard to reach at the best of times and i just couldn't fucking get it out and i was distraught like by the end no. my partner was like like i was just like lying on the bathroom floor with my legs up and he was like trying everything and it was so horrible it was really painful cuz i got really inflamed and like sore from trying for so long to like get it out and um yeah. yeah it was bad i like by the end i was just crying hysterically and he was just like oh my god babe i'm so sorry i'm so sorry just one more i'm going to try one more i'm going to like try this now and like he ended up having to put like one finger from each of his hands um like pointer fingers like in at the same time like that and then kind of try to get under the lip of it but It's tricky to describe without like showing you, but yeah, it was it was um, so bad. It was traumatic. (laughs) I know a few girlfriends who have had like heaps of trouble getting them out, so
0: I've been like Mm. a little bit too scared to use them. Just like I have like a weirdly like tight vagina, so I just feel like knowing me, Mm. I'd like like I struggle getting a tampon in, let alone like a period Mm -hmm. cup. I just know that it will backfire on me for sure.
1: Yeah, it was like literally the first time I'd used one and I was like, never again. Like I know that, you know, you can get the hang of it or you can get one that's a good size or whatever, but like, yeah, it's just not for me, never again. Um, But how do you go having sex? Like if you struggle to get a tampon in while we're talking TMI, if you don't mind sharing, like how do you go having penetrative sex? Um, it's always like, I have to use
0: lube. Like mm-hmm. if I don't use lube, it will like hurt. And I have to like have a certain amount of foreplay before I have sex. Cause yeah, I'm just, it's, I'm just really tired. And then like, also like I've been on Rakuten before for like my skin issues. So that's like pretty much like kind of fucked up how wet I get like because it strips all the oils mm. out of your body and I just like have never gotten mm. as wet since. So I feel like the combination of like my pussy not getting very wet and having a tight vagina is just like how does the dick get in? So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely like I need lube and I need like otherwise. Okay. Like, yeah, but like if I don't get the right foreplay, it will hurt and then it's like I don't enjoy it. Yeah if you get like if it goes in and you're it's a bit sore at the start it just ruins the rest of the experience
1: exactly yeah it's kind of all over red rover like if it's already sore then it's not really going to get much better um once it's already kind of like inflamed and stuff and there's like micro tears happen and shit like mm-hmm. even just with with someone with like a giant cock like that can be yeah, that can be like a no-go zone, you know? Like sometimes like I've come across dicks and no amount of foreplay. I'm just like, nah, that's not happening, dude.
0: I know. And it just it's like it's so enjoyable as well. And like, especially if you want to have like regular sex and stuff, if a guy's dick's too big, like there is such like such thing as too big. And I will I will be mm-hmm. one vote that size does not matter. Cause I dated a guy who had the teeniest little dick and he would make me come twice every time we would have sex.
1: Epic. Oh my God. What do you think was the thing that made it so good? Um
0: we were very like sexually connected, but I think he just like knew how to make me come. And I don't know, maybe his little dick worked with my little pussy, but like (laughs) true. Yeah. (laughs) But like tiny, (laughs) tiny dick. And And then I've also had sex with guys who have a huge dick and I'm like, this is too much. Like this isn't something that I couldn't like, it's like I couldn't date you and have sex with you. I couldn't go on a weekend away with you and have a sex marathon or I'd be like going to the fucking emergency room.
1: Yeah, wheelchair, wheelchair. I yeah. know, anyway, I've I've like never dated someone with like that level of like monster cock. I've definitely had like boyfriends with pretty big dicks and it's posed a bit of an issue long term. And then like one of my best friends was dating a guy for years um, and it was such an issue for them. It was like he just must have had such a huge dick. And I guess also like, you know, your vaginal canal can vary in size and length and stuff. so. For them, it was just this ongoing issue and it was really heartbreaking because they adored each other and they were so great in so many ways, but like very incompatible, like physiologically with like how their genitals fit together. And it was really, it was really sad. It was like, fuck. And they ended up breaking up, not just because of that, but I would say it was definitely a factor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, like Um, if you can't have that intimacy with each other, then like, you know, you you know, you may as well be not saying you may as well be friends because there's other things you can do, but like, it is pretty important to be able to you know get over those
1: yeah. get over
0: those things and stuff. So that doesn't surprise
1: mm. me. Yeah, totally. Um. All right. Well, I've got a listener story as well that I'll I've got a few listener stories that I can flick into the mix. Um. Well, I've I've actually got one who sent me in an audio. I, like, it doesn't sound great audio-wise through the mic doing it this way, but I'm going to just do it anyway because it's kind of nice coming from her her mouth. So I'll just, like, kind of play it into the mic and let's see if it works. Perfect.
0: I have a fun TMI story. Can you hear that? So when I was about 18 or 19 – I was dating this guy who lived in Melbourne and I went to see him one day and we had sex and he was obviously simulating my G-spot away spot Um, and I was obviously squirting, but at the time I was so young and naive because I was never taught about it, I thought he was pissing inside me And I left him,
1: broke up with him, and then told some of my friends that he had pissed inside me.
0: Stop. Brutal. Can you imagine, like, the realisation later on when you were like, I was squirting, like he was a good
1: guy. I know, the one that got away.
0: Oh, my God. I should tell you the story about... I mean, I've, I've told this on my podcast, but I feel like your listeners will appreciate it. But I saw this guy when I was younger and we like had a really big day on the pierce and like went back to his, had sex, like fell asleep. And I woke up at like 4am and he was just like in the corner of his bedroom, pissing on the floor. And I was like, I opened my eyes and I just, like, didn't know what to do. Like, if this happened to me now, I'd be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, stop, stop. But I just froze and I just, like, kind of watched him piss, then closed my eyes and then opened them again. And I was like, I thought it was a dream and it wasn't. <laughs> oh and then I, like, God. didn't say anything and I fell back asleep and I woke up Um like a few hours later. And I was like, did I dream that? And I sat up and there was like a wet patch on the floor. And I was like, oh my God, that actually happened. And then I like, I kept seeing him, but every time I'd come over, I just felt like his room reeked of piss. And I like, oh weeped out that he maybe thought that I pissed and like, it was just this whole.
1: Fucking- you think he was sleepwalking.
0: Yeah, he, like, we've oh. spoken about it now. Like, we spoke about it, like, years later because um, we're good mates. And I was like, dude, you know, you, like, pissed one time. He was like, did I? I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, I always pee the bed. I was like, ah. Um, but it was really confronting <laughs> for me being, like, 23 and, you know, thinking I've – or my, I probably was even, like, 20 or something. Like, I was super young and – I just didn't know how to handle that situation because I didn't want to like be like what are you doing and then freak him out and make him I didn't want to make him embarrassed or anything so yeah. I left it but yeah it was pretty confronting.
1: Mm. oh my god had he been drinking
0: yeah, yeah, he all he has yeah. like a weak bladder, so he always has to go to the toilet and stuff. Um, but
1: Aww.
0: yeah, he's like he <laughs> done it many a time. But there is like I have. Yeah. To, there's a lot of like guys can get so drunk that they'll just piss in the cupboard yeah. or not know where they are and stuff. And uh, to me, it just seems insane because I've I've never mm. had issues with my bladder like even I haven't pissed the bed since I got out of nappies my mom told me like you know Mm, so it's never been a thing for me so it just it feels so like left of field but like I know it is a thing and I know like you know there were kids that like would piss their pants heaps when you were like 9, 10, 11 and that was probably Mm. him
1: yeah true oh so traumatic for those those poor kids and And like I've definitely had like boyfriends um who would like drink too much and then like piss the bed and then I would wake up in like a cold puddle of piss and be like whoa what the fuck and then they would try and blame it on me and I'm like dude like look at my pajamas they are like dry you have a wet patch like come on now
0: Oh, my God. I just see the thought of that, like, thought of it seeping into my mattress. Like, I wouldn't want to sleep on my bed again.
1: Mm, mm, yeah. Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab. And the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favour with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't mazz over them or anything, I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed. Which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts choose your poison. Or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa, now. If you are writing a review though, just be sure to only use G-rated words because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. Lame. Anyway, oh, Oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five star button before we get on with it and you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um Oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> oh my God. I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. All right, what else have I got? Um, I got a beautiful. I've I've got some cool listener stories. Um, one one woman wrote in and, um, said I never learnt that it was normal to have blood clots on your period. So when I noticed the first blood clot, I thought I had somehow got pregnant and then had a miscarriage, and that clot was like a little fetus, and went on to like Google what miscarried fetuses look like and everything like that. Um, And this was when I first got over the grossness that was ingrained. Oh yeah. And this was when I first got over the grossness that was like ingrained in me to feel about period blood. And um, you know, I realized that it wasn't a fetus um, because she like saw multiple clots and stuff like that. And anyway, I just thought like, that is probably something that a lot of especially teenagers when they're having um periods and stuff and getting clots like they might think that you know well cuz
0: isn't it like your vaginal wall like it's your it's the egg or so it's what is it again it, the the, the uterus. Uh, uterus yeah
1: yeah the uterine yes. lining so there can be chunks of like tissue you know like sometimes it's blood clots which is like when the blood has like coagulated or maybe there's old blood that's been sitting in there and it's kind of gotten a bit thicker or whatever, but then there can actually be like hunks, <laughs> maybe not hunks, but like, you know, like sort of chunks of like uterine lining and tissue. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Which, yeah. To me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so of course, like for a teenager that might like look and seem super scary Um and that reminds me of another one that um I'm just gonna try and find it. It's like a a story from another listener. Where is it? Oh maybe I haven't written it down. Um anyway, she oh I kinda remember it, but she um had to get a termination and it didn't it was like the medical one so like taking a tablet and I've heard about this happening it's so funny because it what's well, not funny at all but it happened to like three people I knew within like a month where they'd taken the medical um, termination or abortion or whatever pill And then it didn't properly work. And so there was still pregnancy tissue in there and it caused like bleeding for like six weeks or something crazy um, with one of them. And yeah, just horrible, horrible, like really bad cramps. And obviously they were like, fuck, something is not right. Um, And this one woman was telling me how she was like, all right, like I just feel like there's still, I feel like there's still something something like stuck there she could feel like in her cervix um Mm -hmm. and so she like squatted down and like reached up in there and like had a feel around found her cervix and she found that there was like a a sort of chunk of tissue that was like hanging out of her cervix that she had to like pull out herself and this is like pretty visceral I should have warned everyone but she had to basically pull out like this sort of pregnancy tissue that was left over that didn't properly terminate and um pretty much like manually give herself an abortion like so hectic um but also and you know like I think like very traumatic and confronting overall that whole experience for her but I think she was also kind of like quite empowered um, after that experience of like being able to do that for herself, and then the feeling of like finally getting all of it out, mm-hmm. and that like, like and that being complete, complete yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, wow. wild. So that one's pretty real. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never had any like pregnancy scares or anything like that. Actually, no, that's a lie. I thought I was pregnant when I was like twelve from giving head and did a pregnancy test and like <laughs> got my period as <laughs> I head. yeah from giving head and got my period as I got did the test.
1: Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I was like how oh,
0: universe working like that.
1: Bless. Oh, the things that we believe when we're kids. We've just got the fear of God put into us about getting pregnant, hey? Don't have sex because you will get pregnant. And not, not, not. Not. Don't have sex the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex in standing up. Just don't do it, promise?
0: I didn't even know that you... Could only get pregnant when you're ovulating up up until Mm. like my girlfriend started trying to have kids. Like it just wasn't something that we Mm. spoke about or learned about or anything. So I, the amount of times Mm. I've taken the morning after pill and like fucked my body up when I didn't even need need to. So it's, and, and yeah. because I didn't learn that and because I wasn't like in touch with my cycle or didn't, you know, know enough about my body. And it's, it's so, it's so something that, you know, I want to make sure my kids, if I'm blessed enough to have a girl, like I want them to be so aware of and about, and I just, I want to be able to like give that awareness to my children as well, just because I just, it was mm-hmm. so something that I didn't, you know, didn't know anything about.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's that's a good get pregnant and die story actually. That's the segment that I usually do. Um yeah. on the potty and you just fucking nailed it without even meaning to. But yeah, yeah that's something I'm going to be very consciously teaching my my children about and like everybody else's children around me. I'm just going to be like that creepy auntie that like t- t- talks about I sex prob- and
0: teaches about sex again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh God. (laughs) So funny. So funny. Um I've got another beautiful listener story. She was saying for the first couple of years of having my period, I only ever used pads because I couldn't get the hang of tampons. I tried one once, but it hurt and I just couldn't get it in comfortably. Same experience for me. I just took years. I think I used applicator tampons for so long. Um, So I gave up on them. Some years later, I was whining to my boyfriend about having to wear a pad at a party we were going to um, because skinny jeans and pads is the worst combination. (laughs) Bless. Um, He asked me, why don't I just use a tampon? Like that was so easy and obvious. I told him how I hated them and couldn't get them in properly, so he came up with a plan. We would have some pre-drinks before the party, and once I'm tipsy enough, he would put the tampon in for me. So there I was, semi wasted laying on my bed with my legs up in in the giving birth position as he got down there and, with the help of plenty of lube, slipped in the tampon for me. After that I gained the confidence I needed and couldn't believe what the fuss was all about and I've been grateful ever since. Oh.
0: Oh my god, what a fucking legend. No, that's so lovely. That's so awesome. Dude, I like I got my period when I was like 7 and I didn't put a tampon in until I was like maybe 14. But I thought that you peed out of the same hole that your period came out of. So, every time I would go to the toilet, I would change my tampon. And then I'd get – I developed this, like, pee-phobia because I was like – I'd pee, put a tampon in, and then I'd go, oh, no, I need to pee again. Oh, no, but I've just put a new tampon in. I'm going to have to change it again. So, I would, like – I would go through – so many fucking tampons and I didn't need to. And it was like an embarrassingly late age where I found out that this actually wasn't the case. So I'm oh there fucking ruining the planet and like my fucking soul at the same time.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. You poor thing. That's such a sweet story but also so like, oh, so sad. That's like why like the fuck? yeah like how do we get to this age without knowing that shit you know like that is a crime it's just such a failure of the education system and like yeah society but oh my god um, it was all
0: came out of the same hole it was just all the same thing
1: totally yeah I mean I can't remember when I figured that out Um, but I also just really struggled with tampons for like so many years like I didn't I didn't use them. And then when I did, I was using applicator tampons so that I didn't have to like put my fingers inside and like try to get it there. Cause like I'd never had any luck with that. But then I also think I was just like harbouring quite a bit of like body shame and I was quite grossed out by my body. So like if I could avoid having to like touch my vag, then I would. So yeah, I used applicator tampons for ages. Um Nowadays, I don't use tampons at all. I just prefer to, like, let that blood flow out of me. But, um, yeah, loved that story. I thought it was such mm-hmm. a sweet, sweet yeah. thing. And there was another um, kind of period-related story about a woman getting um, her period at work and she worked in an aged care home. And yeah, she got her period at work and then one of the like lovely old people that she was looking after, like, like gave her a pull-up pad, like those adult diapers. Um, and yeah, and she was like wandering around with an adult diaper underneath her clothes, like for the rest of the day at work, which I just loved. <laughs> oh my God. It's
0: like, yep, I've got a sexy big ass or is it just a fucking diaper? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who knows? Why didn't Japan out. <laughs> That's
0: so good.
1: <laughs> oh fuck. So I have a story which I've not really told many people. Um, probably because it was like a bit too raw and a bit too fresh, um, and just like weird. <laughs> um but I think I'm ready to tell it. And I think, I think now might be the time. It's like a bit left, left of center. But like, anyway, I don't know if you guys remember seeing on my Instagram when we got those like baby turkeys, but we got some turkey chicks and it was super dreamy and like so adorable. Um, And one of them had this thing called like splayed leg where like, and like, I promise this becomes relevant. I know this doesn't seem like irrelevant to my story, but anyway, talking about baby turkeys. Um, it had like splayed legs. So its leg would like, legs would kind of go out to the side and it, and it couldn't walk. And so, like, the remedy apparently is quite common for baby, like chicks or poultry or whatever. So I did a lot of YouTubing and Googling and you can, you can bring their legs into the center by like putting this little contraption out of like a rubber band and a straw. And it basically like loops around their tiny little fucking legs and it draws with the elastic, it draws their legs in to, to the center so that it, they're like underneath their body properly and then they can like walk and it strengthens the muscles and brings it all in and, you know, and then you you just have it on for like a couple of days and then they're fine. Um, But we got these turkeys like when they were kind of a bit older than you would usually be able to heal that. And so it had already kind of grown and pretty deformed. And so I'm trying to heal this like turkey. And because I'm like spending all this time with it because it's crippled and it can't walk, um, It's like sitting on my lap while I'm working at my laptop. It's like hanging out with me in the house. Like it's got to be kept warm all the time. So it's like always with me. And turkeys are like fucking puppies. Like they're – I didn't know this. I'd never had turkeys. But they're actually like such adorable little companions. Like if they bond with you, they imprint on you and then they like follow you around and shit. And so this one turkey – bonded with me like I was its mum and it was like super attached and so if I would leave the room it would cry like every morning I'd wake up to it like cheeping in the incubator being like where are you and then it would quieten down if it was on my lap and all it wanted to do all day long was cuddle and its legs just like weren't really healing that well but eventually it started to and it would like I'd like go have a shower and because I'd left the room Because I work from home, so I was home a lot. So, it really, like, got attached. And it would, like, walk to the bathroom door to, like, try to be near me. And I was like, oh, my God. And that would give it walking practice and strengthen its muscles. And it was, like, getting to the point where I could probably take off the rubber bands and, like, put it back in with the others. Um, and I was like, so spitten at this point, like I had a billion videos of this little turkey, like I'd be cooking in the kitchen and all it wanted to do was be near me. So every, if I'd like walk from the stove to the fridge, it would follow me and stand right in between my legs. And then I'd walk back and it would follow me. Like it just had to be right near me. So, you know, anything that shows me that much love and devotion, I am obsessed with because Lockie won't let me get a dog or a cat. So turkeys are my thing. Um, (laughs) all i 've got to work with, um, and anyway, I was like cool it's like almost almost like healed, and then Locke and I got like gastro, but we didn't know yet, and I was just starting to feel a bit off um and we had like this whole big Indian dinner planned with his family that night, and I was like um, the turkey had like cried out in the morning, so I went and got it and like had it in bed, and it was kind of on the bed, cuddling us, and then I like got out of bed. To go to the toilet, and then I was messaging. Um, I was like sitting on the back deck, messaging his mum, being like, "Oh, I don't know if we can actually come to dinner. Like, we're feeling pretty off. Like, I'm starting to feel really funny in the tummy." And as I'm texting her to cancel, I do a fart and I shit myself, <gasps> and and I haven't charted since I was like in India, and other than that, since I was a kid, like. I was horrified and also because Lockie and I have this like running bet like about who's going to shit themselves first in public and like I so had my money on him and I was like, oh, he's going to tease the fuck out of me. Like I just lost the bet. I'm feeling like crap. I just farted and accidentally shit a bit in my undies. Like I'm having a pretty bad day already and I like go back into the bedroom to like and, you know, it did cross my mind that I could just not tell him. And then I wouldn't lose the bet. And then he wouldn't be smug and tease me and laugh at me. But I also thought it was pretty funny. So I went in and I was like, oh, babe, I just shit myself when I farted. And I like threw myself dramatically down on the bed and I flung my hand out and I squashed my baby turkey. It was like on the bed and I'd forgotten about it. And I fucking heard this like. Squeaky, like it was like I'd sort of like stepped on a squeaky toy. It was fucked. I was like, oh my God, I just shit myself and I fucking killed my turkey. It didn't die, but it was like pretty bad. It was pretty crippled. It was like limp. It didn't drink any water for like a day and then it wasn't eating and then it like it, its legs were just like all fucked up and then its wing was like drooping. And oh my God, I hadn't talked about it because it's like so raw. It's like it was so sad, and I was in such a state because, like, you know, we we ended up having a pretty bad gastro, and I was just at the start of it, and I'd like basically maimed my best fucking little friend, my little little guy, and it was so sad, and um, yeah, and like I understand the comical value of the story because it's like I shit myself and then I squash my turkey, and like anyway, but in the end, um. We had to, like, rehab his leg all over again and da, da da And, yeah, there just isn't a happy ending to this story, I'm afraid, everyone. Like, it just got worse and worse. And by that point, he was too big to actually, like, heal it. Like, you need to get it when it's, like, kind of young and small and undeveloped. So we ended up, like, it just couldn't walk and it was all fucked up. So we ended up having to, yeah, just neck it. And it was devastating. And, oh, um, and... <laughs> and so that's like a pretty raw tmi story it involves like poo and also kind of squashing your pet um it's just it's like it is funny it is funny but it's also really
0: sad (laughs) oh my god babe that's horrific i would be like terror like like you poor thing like the gas was like the worst day Oh, the gastro like bad enough, but, like, injuring your pet, yeah. like, no. Oh, Day. dude, like,
1: the amount of guilt, like, because this thing was so devoted to me and I was so, like, smitten by it. It was, like, my little, little, little – it spent, like, a month just, like, t- on my lap all the time kind of thing. Um. So, yeah, I remember that, that feeling, just, like, holding it in my hands, just, like, crying hysterically. Lockie's obviously, like – supportive and loving but like it is a little bit funny and he's still teasing me because I shit myself even amongst that I was like are you kidding me right now like I was hysterical because like I don't think I'd ever felt so bad like just so guilty and so yeah it was horrible it was really like my worst nightmare
0: yeah Eve I'm so sorry that's fucking horrific
1: yeah, That's, yeah, but anyway. That, uh, <laughs> oh, you poor oh, thing. Have you got any stories to uh, to sort of lighten the mood? <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't like think of any at the top of my head. I feel like I'm like, I mean, that take a story has made me take a step back of like, oh,
1: but. I yeah. know, it's pretty hard to relate to that one. It doesn't go, oh, that makes me think of this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes me think. This time I squashed my animal, but um, yeah. No, I feel like um, in terms of shitting myself, I'm not really, not really. Um, don't have really stories to to relate with that one.
1: <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Yeah, lucky you. Yeah, thank God, I
0: haven't mm-hmm. been India though, so that's probably my saving grace.
1: Yeah, seriously, that'll undo, that'll undo, like, the best microbiome, like, it'll get ya. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we could probably wrap up pretty soon. I've got, I've got, like, other stories. I guess I'll save them for a future epi, um, but maybe I'll tell one more so that we're not ending on, a, like, a dead turkey. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs, yep, you heard that right, I even have labia lounge bathers, or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. So uh, if fashion isn't your passion though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because... I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. (laughs) You can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned. And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I'll be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. And um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. I like, it's just a little anecdote and it's not like a funny one, but it might be relatable to people. Um, I had so much shame and, like, self-consciousness around my body, but in particular my boobs Um, because – well, not because – I would have had the self-consciousness anyway because they were fucking tiny. Like, I never actually grew boobs and I was always, like, wearing, like, these, like, padded bras with shit in them, like, just to make it look like I had boobs, like, which is, you know, a bit of a – common story Um, but I remember like a really damaging thing that my first boyfriend said like and I don't even know if he'd seen my boobs because I was literally so self-conscious I never let him see me naked like I would have a shower with him with bathers on and we would have sex in the dark and I would have my bra on at all times and he wasn't allowed to touch them so like I was cripplingly self-conscious like it was yeah no no foreplay he wasn't allowed to touch my vulva because I was like embarrassed about being like so hairy um and so it was pretty much like we'd kiss and then dick in vag, like no foreplay because otherwise he would feel my like horrific body, um, and like I remember him saying this thing about. Um, he's, maybe he was, maybe he did catch a glimpse. Yeah, I think, I think he caught a glimpse and it was always this like, cause he was just an annoying teenage boy. So he was always like being playful and silly and like teasing me or like razzing me up. And so because he knew I was so like, oh my God, don't look at me. Like always trying to hide my bits. He would try to like spring me, um, <laughs> which is kind of fucked up. But, um, I think he caught a glimpse and he like said he called them, um, like orangutan tits like talked about like nat geo tits where like you see those orangutans with like the um he called them like triangular boobs like it's really hard to describe unless like you saw a photo but you know I know yeah do you know what what I mean like not just like round boob round nipple that that sort of sticks out in that perfect way that you see in like photos or porn it's like more of like pyramid-y shape it's like yeah yes yeah yeah um and like when my nipples are not like hard or cold or erect or whatever it's just like soft and um they don't they're not like that prominent sort of like there's the nipple there's the areola there's the breast you know so anyway like I was already really self-conscious about that and they're fucking tiny and he fucking called them orangutan tits and OT like ot he would like tease me and say ot for short and like that has still stuck with me I'm just like what the fuck dude what the fuck like way to give someone huge body dysphoria. yeah I know um yeah so not not like a funny one to end on but maybe a relatable one because I know there's a lot of people with like breast self-consciousness and shame um whether it be about their nipples whether it be about the size or like the sort of sag or whatever it's definitely a thing so fuck those guys i think you've also got to remember like
0: everyone has their thing on their body too like i i have big boobs like my tits are huge but i have massive areolas and really flat nipples And I fucking hate, like, it's the one thing is I don't like my my areolas. And I dated this guy when I was in high school and he told everyone I had, like, dinner plate nipples. Like, said I had these huge nipples. Everyone, everyone would tease me. And, like, so, you know, regardless if it's, like, orangutan tits or fucking large nipples or saggy tits or, like, I feel like Mm -hmm. we're so conditioned to these things by, like, you know, all these circumstances and stuff where that happen when we're growing up and it's and they do scar you and and Mm -hmm. like I was fucking 14 and it still affects me at this age like I'll take my top off the guy and I'll make my nipples hard because I I hate nipples when they're not hard
1: yeah 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 I'll like tweak them or like I don't do it anymore but I used to like you know Tweak them and pinch them to make them go hard. I'd do um, that too. if I knew the guy I was about to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. babe. It's so okay. scarring. Hey. Yeah. And it's not like,
0: you know, I know Matt would love me regardless, but like I still like will pinch them or like, you know, squeeze my, I'm doing it right now. I'm um, like, I'll still like <laughs> my teeth or something. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing and I think it's, like, nice to know that other people, like, I mean, you don't want anyone else to have gone through that, but it's nice to know people also have the same kind of thoughts and feelings that you do.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, exactly what this is all about. And, like, I just really hope that you get to a point where you don't feel the need to tweak your nipples because it's yeah. very liberating. And it took me so long. Like, I still did it with Lockie for ages. Um And it took a while. But, like, yeah, eventually you just get to the point where, like... It just, it just doesn't fucking matter. And, you mm. know, I used to like kind of look forward to the day that I would have a kid and breastfeed because I'd have big boobs and my nipples would get more prominent because if the baby was going to be able to latch, I'd need to have like – I just saw my mum's nips and I was like, holy fuck, like – they're so prominent. They, like, the actual nipple bit sticks out so much. It must be from so much breastfeeding. I actually yeah. don't know if that's true. Oh, but no. I was like, yeah, one day I'm going to have sticky-outy nipples and big boobs, yeah.
0: you know. <laughs> yeah, fully. That's what I'm, like, hanging out for my nipples to pop. I'm like, but then your areolas get ready. <laughs> so I'm, like, going to be fucking ruined.
1: <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, Oh, babe, it's been so fun. Thank you for coming on. Yeah,
0: no, that was great. Thank you so much for having me and I, we should totally do another one soon.
1: Yeah, amazing. Well, if any of you have any stories or um, ideas for a TMI that were sparked from this episode, please send them in to either Cat or I because we'll definitely do more. I think these are really valuable and they're just fun.
0: <laughs> they are fun. I love it.
1: Hmm. you all right labial legends i'll see you later bye see you and that's it darling hearts And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this year' podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyagraph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is freya underscore graph underscore YMT, and I seriously hope you're following me on there, because <laughs> damn! we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.